Well, surprise! It's another uh, week of the Sports uh, Block podcast here. Nathan Stackin, Travis Crins with you here. Baby Stackin, as of the recording, this podcast has not yet arrived because otherwise I wouldn't be recording. <laughs> we wouldn't be doing a podcast this week, Mr. Crins. What if it happens when we're talking here in the next hour? Well, then no one's going to hear this podcast. <laughs> no, I'm putting it up. If it happens, okay. like, all right, we. Okay. The exact moment, you're like, all right, we gotta go. Yep. How great would that be? How great would that be? That would be, yeah, you know what? That would be pretty epic right here. Yep. Um, I and think we can't, we can't do my idea of doing a podcast from the, uh, you do a podcast from the waiting room, I suppose, but you're, uh, you're up there and I'm down here. Yes. Um, but second best option would be, um, doing the podcast, get interrupted. Yeah, no, no, no doubt about it. And we're trying to reverse psychology with the kids, saying, "Hey, don't, don't come here. Just stay in, in inside the womb, uh, in hopes of trying to coax it out." Uh, oh, there you go. But uh, so far, so far, nothing here. But um, you know what? It, it'll, the, you know what? Like every child doesn't really listen to their parents very often here in the you know the first few years well, of life so uh or even you know as a teenager and whatnot so they're defying us already we want them to come and but they're not coming so for now anyway i mean what well, i mean maybe it's maybe it's okay i i said to kelsey i said the kids just waiting until the cleveland browns win their first game and for three quarters it looked like that was going to happen oh i am I am more devastated by the Cleveland Browns losing to the Green Bay Packers than I am by the Vikings losing to the Panthers. Because actually, I mean, I know you're a big, you know, Aaron Rodgers fan. Uh, I, I am happy that the Vikings lost to the Panthers to just keep to because you know, no, there's not dumb. Uh, let me tell you here, I, people are gonna remember my genius long after I'm gone. Uh, but if the Panthers had okay. lost to the Vikings and then lost to the Packers... The Vikings would have been a one seed. No, no. It would have been a one seed. Well, does that matter now that Carson Wentz is out yes, for the entire does. year? I think it's very important that this team plays at home rather than on the road. And there's a chance they could still do that because I don't know if we could trust Nick Foles. I mean, I think Philadelphia is going to lose in the in the divisional playoffs. I really do. Uh, no matter who oh. they play. So... The Vikings will be a two seed, and that's fine. But if the Panthers had lost to the Vikings and then lost to the Packers with Aaron Rodgers returning this upcoming week, then they then the Packers would have the tiebreaker over them. So I don't need that. I've been saying for many weeks now, many moons, that I do, as long as you know the Packers can win another Super Bowl here in the next couple years, just as long as it's not this year, at U.S. Bank Stadium. And I've been saying now for at least the last month, this Packers team scares me if they can hang around and teams need to put them away. Now, I thought that the Browns had a very good chance to beat Green Bay in this one because Brett Hundley, apart from one game in Pittsburgh, has not shown much of anything. And for three quarters, it looked like it was going to happen. And then the Browns did some terrible thing. You know, they drop a third down pass. Should have been caught. They could have ran the clock out, essentially, because there was 2 minutes, 57 seconds left. They give up a 65-yard punt return. They can't sack Brett Hundley at all. They, you know, just give up a knee. I mean, Hundley threw a nice back shoulder pass to Devontae Adams, but the McCourty guy, maybe he can uh, maybe make a play on that instead. Just overall, the Cleveland Browns did what the Cleveland Browns do, and that's 
find ways to lose football games. So I'm not surprised, but I'm disappointed because that would have, in effect, have ended the Packers' season. Green Bay has to win the rest of their games. Yes, they do. Go 10-6. and six, And then even then, they still may not make it. That is correct. Yep. We got Atlanta at, uh, what, 8-6? and six? Uh, but Atlanta's 8-5, and five, along with Seattle. 8-5, uh, Seattle's 8-5, so again, uh, tiebreakers and what have you, we'll see what happens there. Yep. Um, but again, it's 10-6, it's, uh, and six. I think uh, it's going to be close. 10-6 and six may get you in, 10-6 and six may get you in, and we have to worry about tiebreakers. But I mean, three weeks to go, hopefully no Vikings, again, Vikings beat the Packers next week, they're out. Yep. And uh, Vikings probably wrap up that two seed. Uh, I, I'm, I'm concerned about Carolina winning that division and then um, Carolina getting the two seed instead of the Vikings. I don't like that. So you lose a tiebreaker with them. Uh, what, Carolina's one game back of the Vikings now? Uh, yes. So that, that worries me, and you don't have the tiebreaker. So home field advantage, two seed. I'm, I'm concerned about that. You know, and I, I agree with that, but the Panthers, to me, now, of course, this would this would mean that the Panthers would have to beat the... Uh, Tampa? The, they would have to beat Green Bay this next upcoming week. So I guess I don't have a huge problem with that. And I thought, that, you know, for the Vikings against the Panthers, you know, on Sunday, yes, the Vikings lost by seven, but you have two terrible face mask penalties on the same drive that uh, helped Carolina get uh, their second touchdown of the game. So you wipe those away. You wipe away the three turnovers that Keenum had. I mean, the the, the pass to Diggs, it was his second interception. And, you know, it's, it's a little high, yes, but Diggs should have still come down with it. How many times have we seen a pass like that, not just of a Viking in a Vikings game, but throughout any NFL game, maybe even a college game, where it goes through the hands and just goes to the sidelines. This one, it do- it hits right off the top of Diggs's helmet and into was it Bradbury or there's some- the Panthers' cornerback there. I mean, that's a very unlucky bounce there that the Vikings had. Uh, there was a holding call missed on the Cam Newton long run there. Uh, I think there were multiple missed calls in the game, but I I mean the Vikings had some red zone issues. Thielen dropped a couple of touchdowns there late in the first half. Uh, that could have changed the complexion of this game. So the Vikings shot themselves in the foot many times and yet only lost by seven. So if they had to go back to Carolina, that really does not concern me. And are they playing at home? Oh, yes, I would too. I'm just saying, like, there are. I'm not scared by any team in the NFC if the Vikings would have to go there. Yes, you would prefer that everything would go through U.S. Bank Stadium, but I'm not. I'm not scared of any team. I'm not concerned with any team at home. If we gotta go. I mean, if we gotta go there, then then you know it's what, whatever the home field advantage is. I don't want to do that. Sure. So went out. Go what? Thirteen and three. Went out. Hope Philadelphia slips up. Get the one seed. Don't don't worry about it. And it's all setting up for just uh, you know we've been wondering all year long how is the collapse going to happen, and there would be nothing better. And to have home field advantage throughout the playoffs <laughs> with the Super Bowl in your stadium, unprecedented. Yep. And they lose there. So that would be, I think mean, that's probably how the season's going to end. They have a chance maybe to, to win a game to go to the Super Bowl and they're going to lose at home somebody. That's going to be uh, just the worst thing ever. 
But uh, get, get the one seed, Dan Patrick, who I think is the greatest. Yes. Um, he, he said today, Vikings played pretty well and they still lost. I thought that, as you mentioned, I didn't think they played well at all. So I don't know if he hasn't seen the Vikings. I don't know what the hell he was watching. But, uh, yeah, they, this is one of their worst games of the year. Turnovers. The two big, I mean, the, yeah, the two big runs, two face mask penalties, and three turnovers, and they still damn near win it. Yeah. Uh, the fumble, the fumble on Keenum. Eh, I don't. Yeah, that was a little dicey. That's that. A, that's a little. That, that was a little bit of a stretch, I might say. That that was a questionable uh, call. And they only got a field goal out of it, so that was good. Uh, Thielen's touchdown. I mean, you saw it. You knew it wasn't a touchdown. Yep. Um I would like to see the rule be that that is a touchdown because I believe. Once you have control and you are down, that should be the end of the play. I don't like the continuation of it. So I'm fine with that not being it because we people are still saying, oh, we don't know what a catch is. I think we got a pretty good idea what a catch and what a catch is not. But I would like to see that be a catch because he had control, knee down, feet in. Play should be dead. Play should be dead. Yeah, I believe she had control long enough for that to constitute a catch under the rule I would like. But obviously, that's not the way it is right now. Um, offensive line, we they, they, they got some trouble there now. So yes, they do. Um, they can figure that out. That, that's uh, I'm giving the MVP to the offensive line, and um, hopefully, uh, Reef can get back there because if not, the uh, end of the game was not good as far as uh, pass protection. You are correct, and I thought that initially that the, it was going to be difficult for the Vikings to win anyway be, after I saw that Elfline was going to sit this one out with a shoulder injury. I think he's going to be fine, and he, I mean, he'll be back this week, hopefully, uh, but then you lose Riley Reef. He was in a walking boot afterward. I have not seen any uh, indication as to how serious the injury is. But they're in effect that the Vikings were down three offensive starters, so that wasn't good. And, and as you mentioned, Dan Patrick thought the Vikings played well, and we think that they didn't play well, and yet they, they still only well. lost by seven. Given everything that they did to themselves, I think that's that still bodes well for them that they could play as badly as they did and only lose by seven to a pretty darn good team in the Carolina Panthers. I think if they if they lose in the playoffs, it's going to be a game like this: turnovers. Mm-hmm. I don't know if, you know, if, if there's just going to be a team out there that's just going to stop them. That could happen. But you saw with Detroit, when they lost to Detroit, I mean, the Vikings gave it to them. Um, Pittsburgh, they, I mean, Pittsburgh was just better. But the two losses for the Vikings, it's been because they've been bad, not because their team's been great. I mean, uh, Cam Newton didn't show me anything. He was just there. Yep. Uh, I mean, they, I mean, yeah, Carolina just didn't show me much, especially Agreed. on the offensive side. So, I, I, I mean, good, but down 10, 11 points, good comeback there. Tie that thing up. That was that was impressive. Yeah, especially with the offensive line injuries, and I, I, I do think that the Vikings cost themselves by not running Jarek McKinnon as much. Uh, and I, the one in particular was the the punt return that they got to what the Carolina thirty, and then they lost like six or seven. Yeah, or maybe it was the yep. 35 and they, they had to punt. They were in prime field goal range and they had to punt because they lost six or seven yards. I'd like to see them use Jarek McKinnon more than Latavius Murray because uh, McKinnon seemed like he was running well and Murray wasn't really a whole lot. And I thought that they could have used McKinnon there a little bit more. But, having said, and, you know, Kyle Rudolph drops a wide open pass. 
in this game. So, I, But having said that, you look at the final three games. Two of the three are at home against the Bengals, who look like they've given up on the year. They lost 33-7 to to the Bears. They have that Green Bay. I mean, and that's a key. You know, if, if they can beat Green Bay in Green Bay, that A, eliminates the Packers from playoff contention. Or, or not officially probably at that point, but for all intents and purposes, it, yeah, for all intents and purposes, it would. And then you are going to, I mean, at that point, you got to beat the Bears. You could be 13-3. and three. Then they're going to be a two-seed at the worst. I mean, so yeah. I mean, if you yeah, if you win out, you're going to be the two seed. Hopefully, he's maybe Teddy in there against the Bears in the second half. Mm-hmm. Like get him some work. So hopefully, you're in a position where you can rest some guys for the Bears. And really, at this point, we have no idea who they would play. So the one seed or the two seed it could be any of the teams: Rams, Saints, Seahawks, Falcons, uh, yep. Packers, Panthers. It could be five or six different teams. We have no idea. Uh, hell, uh. Very important game for Philadelphia to win there to keep that one seed because uh, there was uh, that was that was a big game Philadelphia and uh, Los Angeles. Ideally, what would be yes, it was. We'll get to that here in a second. Ideally, what I would oh, like. Okay, okay. Okay, what would you like? I I would like to see Atlanta win the South at eleven and five, which would mean and that Falcons uh, the Falcons Panthers game would decide the NFC South. So. You would have the, you know, the Saints would beat the Jets this week, and then the Falcons go into New Orleans, beat the Saints, and the Saints beat the Bucks. So you have three teams at eleven and five in the NFC South. Atlanta would win the division, and I believe the Saints would be the second seed, and the Panthers would be or would be second in the division, and the Panthers would be third. That would be phenomenal to see because then you would know that the Vikings, of course. Even if they were eleven and five, they would still get the tiebreaker over Atlanta because they beat them in the regular season. So I think that would be—it's—it's it's possible. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it's certainly possible. Uh, I think the team. I think I want to see the Rams in the second round. Yes, agreed. Of all the teams, I think the Rams. I mean, Rams—they have to beat Seattle. If, they, if the Rams don't beat Seattle next week, like Seattle probably wins the division. Yep. So, uh, and we'll it see. doesn't sound like any of the Seattle players will be suspended, which is, I think, a good call. Uh, or at least, hey, it's it's something that I want because I want to see Seattle beat the Rams just because a loss by Seattle would... Oh, really? I do because a loss by Seattle... You and your Packers shit again. I... <laughs> I know. I just. I, I tell you, Chris. I don't. I'm willing to sacrifice seeding for the Vikings if it means We're that not the Packers. Sacrificing seeding. Have Carolina beat them next week. Have Carolina beat them and be be done with it. I hope Is so. Is playing? Is he playing? They they are un they are uncertain of his status, but Carolina is prepping for him. I mean, you don't need to prep for Brett freaking Hundley. You don't need to do it. Wouldn't, it, wouldn't that be a deal? I mean, if they lose this game and he doesn't play then there's no sense of playing them the last two weeks. It would be something if they did win against Carolina and he comes back against the Vikings. That would be great. Even if they lost to the Panthers, do you think that Aaron Rodgers would want to come back for that game on Christmas Eve Eve to stick it to the Vikings? Depends on what happens. with If there is still a game out, I think he would. But if there are two games out with two to go, you know, I've... I don't know if I would assume as long as they're still in it, 
he'll probably play. Yep. But if, but if they're out of it, there's no reason for him to play. You mentioned the Rams Eagles game. That was a dandy of a game. A lot of points. A lot of and I thought that the Rams cost themselves in the second quarter when I and I don't remember who it was, but how the Ram defender didn't block that punt in the second quarter, I will never know. Like it just goes right under. Like it's an easy block that he could get. Now the Rams did block a punt in the second or in the third quarter. And ran it back for a touchdown, so they had a 28 to 24 lead at that point. But I thought that the missed block punt there cost them because they didn't score when they got the ball back there. So that could have totally swung momentum in the game, and it didn't. Yes, they had the lead at one point, but uh, ultimately the Eagles would prevail. But it came at a big price with Carson Wentz tearing his ACL on a. Uh, on a run, a touchdown run that was called back. He actually stayed in the game, threw a touchdown pass to Alshon Jeffrey, a pretty nifty catch there by Jeffrey. But I heard on Monday that uh, that the Eagles think he might have torn his ACL before that play. If that were the case, that's awfully impressive. Have they asked him, what does Mr. Wentz say? That was a hell of a hit. I mean, I don't know when the hell he tore it before that, but... Yeah, I, I don't know either, but they're, they're saying they think he might have torn it before that run. Well, yeah, I watched a little bit of that game, and he was pretty good. He was good, but um, good news for everybody else, he's going to be gone for a year. Maybe, maybe he'll start next year. Who knows? Uh, knowing this son of a bitch, he probably will. But um, that's, that's a big one. I mean, if the Vikings are going to do this goddamn thing... You know, Rodgers out, Wentz out. I mean, things, if, if they do it, we're going to look back and say, all right, these are the things that happened and how they how they got to where they got. And uh, a lot of guys got hurt. And that, that, that helps a lot. It does. It, yet, Nick Foles came in and helped lead the Eagles to victory. So I was impressed to a degree by Nick Foles, but certainly the drop-off between Wentz and Foles is, is large. And I don't think that teams... Are going to, you know, look at Foles and say, "Yeah, we're we're scared of what you can do through the air." They're gonna put more guys in the box, I think, to to stop the run game. Legarrette Blunt, Jay Ajayi, uh, Chris Clement. They're gonna force Nick Foles to beat him, and I don't trust that Foles will be able to do that. I think yeah, their defense is good, their running backs are good, so I think they're a good enough team to win without Wentz. So, I don't know, when the playoffs get here, we'll see. Especially if they have to go on the road. But I think they're good enough what they play Dallas, the Giants. The Raiders. Dallas, they're in the mix. The Raiders? Yep, they have to play the Raiders. Philadelphia? Yes. Christmas night. Um, Dallas? Dallas also have to play Oakland? Yes, Dallas and Oakland play this week. So, I mean, Dallas... They can go 10-6. They'll be right there. They have Oakland, uh, Philadelphia, Week 17, and maybe the Giants again. Who the hell knows? Well, they just play the Giants. So Dallas has got somebody else. So Dallas, Dallas has Dallas is at Oakland, home to Seattle, at Philadelphia. If in Oakland, maybe beat Seattle at home. You would hope so. Then at Philadelphia, all matters is what Philadelphia is playing for. So, no, nobody, I don't think anybody's talking about Dallas. Not that they're any good, but um, 
They got a couple winnable games there. They do, but they would also need the Packers to lose along the way because the Packers hold the tiebreaker over the Cowboys. Okay. So there's a lot at stake here. There's a lot left to be decided, and the NFC playoffs are far more intriguing than the AFC playoffs. But having said that, the AFC arguably had the two best games of the week. Uh, the Sunday night game between Rams Eagles. I'll put the Rams Eagles number one for me. Okay, I I would put Baltimore and Pittsburgh probably number one just because. Well, you like goddamn Colts Buffalo, but all right. Oh, uh, I mean th- that was a spectacle. It was fun in it was and fun. of itself. When was the last time that we've seen a game in a blizzard? I mean, the Eagles and the Lions played in a blizzard a few years back. Lashawn McCoy had a a, a couple hundred yards, but that was nothing compared to what we saw in Buffalo with the lake effect snow. They said that, what, there was like eight inches of snow on the ground? It was phenomenal. They, and Adam Vinatieri, oh. you know, former SDSU Jackrabbit, uh, made a, made one of the best, it's probably the best extra point of all time. 43 yards, that much of a draw or a hook that he had to, to get it to bend back in there in that wind and that snow that's probably better than his field goal against Oakland uh, back in the in the day. Yeah, it was the the degree of difficulty was a ten. They used the timeout there so they could continue to dig out the turf. And I think it's because they uh, put, they started on the wrong hash. Oh shit! I think they had the two point they had the two point conversion before that. Mm-hmm. That they converted. And, I mean, I, and and they called that back. So that was I wanted it. I don't know if there's ever been a game finish 8-7. I don't know if you can look that up, but 8-7 would have been awesome for a game like this. I was hoping you all know, 7-0, 0-0 tie. But um, when they would pump the ball, it would stick. It wouldn't bounce. That was fun. It was probably, what, six inches of snow on the ground. I guess if I was, I was there, I would want to get some street sweepers. Get, get, get that field clear. Get five, twelve of them, whatever you got to do at halftime, and during timeouts, and boom, take a take a pass. You gotta. I think they can do a lot better job of clearing the field during during this. They well, knew they were getting the snow. Get if this is turf. Get some shit out there to, to open us up. They Nathan Peterman, the Bills' starting quarterback, oh got a God. got a concussion, and they couldn't even like cart him off to the locker room. He had to walk through the snow because they couldn't get the they couldn't get the cart out to him because of all the snow on the field. I saw this hit. This man died. This man was killed on the field. What a goddamn hit! This was idiot going head first. So uh, our guy Joe Webb did a great job. He got the win. Hopefully uh, Taylor's back next week. Really hope Buffalo makes the playoffs. Baltimore's probably making it, but God damn it, I want Buffalo to make it. Yeah, it would be stunning to see Buffalo make the playoffs here. You're right. We'll see if Tyrod comes back. Our boy Joel Webb, uh, did he did okay. He did throw an interception. Uh, but, hey, the Bills won. LaShawn McCoy had a big game. So uh, that was... Uh, certainly, it. I am not finding an eight to seven score yet, but I am. I am looking here. Uh, There's speak- something on like I don't know the Pro Football Reference. They have. There's some site out there that has all the list of all the scores that have never happened. Okay, I'll try and find oh, that. Uh, there, there was an eleven to ten game a few years ago between the Steelers and the Chargers. That was in a uh, bit of a snowstorm. That was the first time that had. Uh, 
that game or that an 11-10 score ever happened. Uh, we'll find Pro Football Reference and, and see what I'm we sure can. It's, I mean, eight seven. I mean, they haven't had the two point conversion for all that long, so you can kind of cut out the first two point conversions. What seventies somewhere? Maybe they got two point conversions going. Yep. I don't know. Yeah, it, we'll try and find it because that would be fascinating to to see what. Uh, to see if that did happen, but that was great. Tom's speaking of quarterbacks that got uh, annihilated and obliterated. Tom Savage uh, for the Texans, uh, he got hit pretty hard, and his hands were twitching, and yet somehow the doctors cleared him to come back in the game after they had a concussion protocol. The NFL is getting uh, lambasted for it. Bill O'Brien's like, "Hey, I didn't see video of it. If I did, I wouldn't have put him back in." That this is not a good situation all the way around. How hard is it for the NFL to put together a simple freaking concussion protocol? Something that's it, it should be easy. This should be common sense. And for whatever reason, it's like the NFL is concussed all the time with how how they can how they handle these situations. It's embarrassing. I really like this week of football. I told you I watched a lot of it for the first time in a while. But then you got something like this. I mean, did the referee? The referee was like right there, was he not? Yes, he was, and he he took him off the field. He said, "You got to come off I, the field." I mean, how does he not see that? I mean, he looked like he was having a seizure on the field. Um, he had Russell Wilson a couple weeks ago. He got banged up, and he goes in the tent, and he's in there for all of two seconds. And he, all right, put me back. I mean, if you're going to have this, then have it. I mean, it's as simple as that. It's it's not good. No. I mean, no, it's not. It, it's not difficult. It's, this is not difficult. If you're, you know, a blow to the head, you're going to go through a procedure, and it's not going to be, you know, a five, ten-minute thing. It's going to take a while, and if you're banged up, then you're not going back in, so. You're right. You're right. It, it's not, and I just looked. I do not see an eight to seven game. Yeah. Uh, Could have So damn close. Yeah, not not seeing one here on Pro Football Reference. Uh, it's not pulling so, up anything. But Pittsburgh, Baltimore, that was a great game. Pittsburgh jumped out to a fourteen nothing lead, and then the, uh, the 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 Ravens took a thirty one twenty lead, and Pittsburgh comes rallying back. Antonio Brown is a man possessed. Eleven catches for two hundred thirteen yards. Ben Roethlisberger set history with uh, another five hundred yard passing day. He is the only quarterback now with three five hundred yard passing games in his career. Uh, so major kudos to him, uh, and and the Steelers for finding a way to win. I you know they they said that they were playing for Ryan Shazier, that Shazier was with him. For those that don't know, Shazier got seriously injured uh, in the Monday night game against Cincinnati. Had some spinal um, issue or had the spinal surgery, and the long term prognosis no one really knows yet at this point. But he seems to be progressing and getting better each day, which is which is very good. But um, yeah, obviously the, the the Steelers were playing with a bit of a heavy heart, and they but they were playing some inspirational football, and that's a big win over their biggest rival, the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, Steelers have not played well for a long time, so this is uh, this is not good for right. them. Yep. I mean, everybody expected expects it to be New England and Pittsburgh uh, for the Super Bowl again. I mean, they were. I mean, they needed this win because if they didn't. I mean, there's a possibility Jacksonville could get that too soon. <laughs> how it's how bizarre is weird. that? Weird. It's stupid. It's stupid. Because uh, if, Jackson, if Jacksonville wins next week, 
and Pittsburgh loses to New England. And if Pittsburgh had lost last night, which they should have, I think they would have been tied at, what, 10-4? and four? And uh, Jacksonville beat them. Yep. So, very lucky to probably get the two seed right now. Who the hell knows? They may, be, they may, they may get the one seed. They may beat New England next week. Who knows how that goes. But, uh, yeah, Pittsburgh, they have not been impressive. But uh, Jacksonville, holy Christ. Holy I mean, Christ. That, that, that was quite the win over Seattle. And granted, Seattle is not... I dare I say they would not have beat Seattle if Cam Chancellor and Richard Sherman were playing. But give Blake Bortles some credit here. He played very well. But the, the, the scene at the end of that game with Michael Bennett going low, I, you know, it, it wasn't trying to be dirty. He's done this before. He's just trying to like force a fumble or whatever, but it's still not a great look. But then the fans throwing stuff at, you know, the players coming out, like Quentin Jefferson, one of the Seahawks defensive linemen. Uh, that's it's just not a good scene at all. What happened there? The Jaguars fans that the pretty despicable, deplorable act, I, I might say, and uh, Jaguars security not great. But that, you know what? I'll defend Jaguars security here because there's never been a game where they'd have to fill the entire lower bowl out. They don't have to work hard very for these games, so that they were overwhelmed by the the crowd and at, at this game. Probably were. Uh, if you can Google Earl Thomas and Blake Bortle, I think. Earl Thomas said something about my friend, Blake Bottle. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. What did he say? Uh, what did he say? Yeah, well, uh, the, the sub. Yes, yep. Well, we'll get. To, uh, I'm pulling that up here right now. But uh, yeah, it, it was something about you know, yeah, we lost to. Yeah, exactly. We lost to a subpar quarterback. Let's. Uh, yeah, Earl Thomas says, "I can't believe we lost to a subpar quarterback." That's right. So uh, that's what he thinks of Blake Boros, and he's probably right. But, um, you know, okay, here's what he told reporters. This is according to the Seattle Times' Sean Quinton. You know, that was a subpar quarterback. They had a great game plan. Uh, I got an ad. They out-executed us, which can't happen. you got to take advantage of these things. Uh, But, yeah, calling him a subpar quarterback. So very good job, Earl Thomas. Good job. He is a great, great coach. So, uh, a lot of it, that, the first half hour, NFL talk. I, mean, I don't think we've done that in quite some Goddamn time. Record. Yeah. Goddamn record. That, that, that's pretty great. Uh, Army, the, there's no college football this week. It was Army-Navy. Uh, first I get, game of the year every year. Didn't disappoint. Nope, nope. And it was in the snow, which made it fun. Like, there were a total of three passes in this game. Uh, Army wins 14-13. Weren't there only three pass attempts in this game, or were there five? I didn't. I didn't pay attention to any of this. I didn't watch any. There were. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Well, to I be. Look at this box. I, I, great. I don't know for sure if that was going to be the design game plan to begin with, but it was snowing in Philadelphia, so the, the field conditions weren't great. But uh, yeah, three three passes, I believe. I'll, I'll pull up the box score here. Uh, just to get the official total. But I think Army won a game earlier this year where they didn't even attempt to pass. Like, can you yeah. imagine being a wide receiver on Army? What a terrible job. The 1920s. I guess so. I mean, in Army's... You know, give Army credit now. They've won the uh, the Commander-in-Chief trophy here this year. They've beaten Navy two straight years. Uh, they've won because Navy missed a field goal there at the end. So, um, 
that's great. Uh, and now it's the beginning of bowl season. If you want to get in on the fun, just uh, with us, you know, make some picks amongst all of us college football experts. Um, experts in air quotes. Just go to uh, the Capital One Bowl Mania on ESPN.com and uh, search the the Sports Lounge here and join us. How many us. people are in so far? We got a couple people out there down yet. Well, let's see. I think that last check there, I only saw there were three people. Um, which is yeah, three people. Uh, we have. What do we got for names? We got. We, got to, we have. Don't have a clever name. What was that? Uh, it's a uh, don't have a clever name. That that's one of them. Oh, what an asshole! Who did that? Who did that? Uh, uh Charlie. God damn it, old Brandy guy! You gotta do better than that. Uh, we have the load blowers. Okay, boys. Uh, that that's you. That that would be you. Because uh, Connor McGregor blew his load too quickly uh, against Floyd Mayweather, so Sal Palantonio had to ask uh, Floyd, and they just kept talking about, uh, no, he blew his load too early. I'm like, all right, this is very PG, for Christ's sake. Yeah, yeah, pro- pro- yeah that, that's very not PG. And then uh, and then I'm the only other one in there right now, and it's uh, Mike Leach's Musings. Mike Leach is a great coach. I'm reading the book right now, and uh, Harbaugh and Leach are, are, I might have to put Leach above Harbaugh. That's how much I think I am. It's very good. Coach. Yeah, so, I mean, where's Dan Beck in here? Where's uh, where's uh, Boots Rogan Camp? Boots Rogan Camp, we got to get these bastards in here. Amon, Amon gives a shit about this. Yep. Uh, Marcus Traxler, so... Yep, and if anyone else wants to join in on the party, you, you just go search the Sports Lounge here, the, search the group, join us. Uh, sports Lounge Season 4 is the name of the group. Season 4, no spaces in between Season and 4, but uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, looking at this here, I, I made my picks on Sunday, and I might make, I might make some changes here. But I figured better get this in before the baby comes and I don't have any time and forget about what's going on. There are a lot of difficult matchups here. Uh, I, I must say, uh, right away we begin on Saturday. We have, what, five bowl games. A lot going on here. The bowl game that shouldn't be considered a bowl game uh, is Grambling against North Carolina A&T in the Celebration Bowl. I will stay true to my word and just give this the one point that oh. it deserves. I know you will not do that. You you conned me a- last a- year. 40. A&T for 40. You're going to take A&T, huh? You don't believe in Grambling. No, go to Grambling. Uh, I think it was last year's game was one of the most pitiful sporting events I've ever watched. It was amazingly shit. Oh, uh, it was just bad. Just the world. I hope it's on ABC again. At it is. It, it is. Sucks. It just sucks to high heaven. Um... It sucks that the uh, RNL Carriers Bowl is not at like eight o'clock at night. I don't know what they're thinking. Not putting that. I mean, it ruins the whole damn day. I think the really whole, the biggest, the best factoid out of all of, or the one that's most amusing to me in all of the, regarding all the bowl stuff is that we have two games that will be going on at the exact same time, yeah, an hour an hour apart, an hour apart. But you have. The Celebration Bowl at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, uh, 
and the RNL Carriers Bowl at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome in New Orleans. How many people do you think are... They probably won't even pay attention to the fact that it's at Mercedes-Benz, uh, a Mercedes-Benz name stadium. But you would look at that and say, hey, how can they be playing two games at the exact same stadium? And how come they look so different? How many people do you think might think that? There's a lot of Republicans out there, so I'd say a good plenty of them. <laughs> Probably a good confused. Yeah, uh, to be fair, both these I mean, they, both these stadiums are in uh, the South, Louisiana and Atlanta. And by Atlanta uh, yeah, got snow. South. Houston got snowed this last week. What the hell is this world coming to? It's going to be a banner day for Alabama tomorrow. It's going to be a banner day, one of the great days in the history of their goddamn state. <laughs> Yeah, let's we'll, we'll avoid that. Uh, that be great. Yeah, yeah great, uh, real banner day for them. They'll be talking about uh, the Superdome. Well, people get confused when the NASCAR race is on a rain delay and they show a NASCAR race from a year prior. People get confused about that. So if the Daytona 500 is in a lengthy rain delay and they show last year's race, uh, people are all stupid. They, they can't. They can't. They can't differentiate. Oh, this is last year's race. Well, the people... Usually there's something on the screen that says delay, weather delay, or says something else. It's a 2016 race, for Christ's sake. So, uh, a lot of stupid bastards out there. It's going gonna, it's gonna to affect a lot of people. The, the people, though, that listen to this podcast, they are not stupid because... Uh, we, no. we'll, we'll just say that. Our loyal listeners are not stupid. They're very smart folks uh, for constantly right. listening to us. At all times. Uh, so let, let's get into this here. Uh, the rest of the games on Saturday. Um, what, you know what? What the all hell right. is going on? Oh, so we got the RNL. Yeah, we got the. I'm trying to get this damn thing pulled up here. Uh, I'm not in my picks yet. I should do this uh, post haste. I should do this quickly. So. Yes. I won't have all, I'll pick all of them. I will adjust as needed for the points. So. Yes, it, as well you should. Uh, let's see. What? A couple big point games, a couple games we can put the points on the line here early what? on. There's always going to be upsets. So always going to be yep. games that you miss on, big points, 30 points. So. And that's why I'm, I'm fearful for Saturday because I have a lot of... Uh, a lot of games here that I am putting major points on. Um, the... Like I said, I'm trying to get the this uh, pulled up here on the old tablet. Let's uh, let, let's Arkansas State and Middle Tennessee. The Raycom Media Bowl. That's the last game of the of, of uh, the of the day on Saturday. Uh, here we go. We're getting it pulled up here momentarily. Yeah, here we go. Okay, so we started off the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. Troy and North Texas. Uh, get excited, folks. Get excited. Um, I'm getting. I'm taking Troy in this one, and I am going to put it right now at roughly the low twenties for the confidence points in this one. Uh, over thirty for me when I make my pick on Troy. Western Kentucky versus Georgia State, the AutoNation Cure Bowl, 1:30 p.m. Central Time, 2:30 p.m. Eastern on CBS Sports Network. This is at Camping World Stadium in Orlando, Florida. Uh, Western Kentucky's been very underwhelming this year, uh, but they have a, a quarterback who is apparently pretty good, uh, though you wouldn't know that from this year. But uh, major points with Western Kentucky. I have this high 30s. Uh, I mean, at yeah, 20s, maybe 30s, I have to look into it more. Western Kentucky. 
Uh, Boise State versus Oregon, easily the best game of the day, 3.30 p.m. Eastern, 2.30 p.m. Central Time on ABC. It is the Las Vegas Bowl. They're at Sam Boyd Stadium in Las Vegas, Nevada. I've struggled with this for a while, but I'm taking Oregon. They do have their head coach that they want to play for because Willie Taggart left for Florida State. Uh, if uh, this Heber uh, or this Heber or Heber quarterback uh, for Oregon, if he plays, which it sounds like he is, I like Oregon a lot. So I'm going to go mid uh, low to mid twenties on this one. Yeah, maybe 20s. Boise State, not as impressive as years past. Good year, but not one of their great years. Nope. Um, again, quarterback, coach, whenever there's a coaching change, you just don't, you just don't know. Nothing says excitement like the Gildan New Mexico Bowl there at uh, Dreamstyle Stadium in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Marshall against Colorado State. Uh, You know, Marshall's been falling apart here as of late. Or so I'm told. Uh, give me Colorado State, mid to high 30s. Really? Shit, you got it all. I oh know. Th- this is why I said I don't I don't trust myself necessarily here, but this Saturday is going to be a make-or-break day for me. If, if, if I get uh, four of the five right, uh, and the one that I get is Bro. in the mid-20s, then, then I'm sitting pretty. What you do is you rank them uh, top five point value, so if you win five and all, you're number one in the country. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah, give me Colorado State, I guess. Finally, then, Middle Tennessee State against Arkansas State. Raycom Media Camellia Bowl there at uh, Crampton Bowl in Montgomery, Alabama. Uh, oh, let's see. This one, another one. I'm going low 30s here. I'm going with Arkansas State. Arkansas State, not Middle Tennessee. They were kind of on the bubble as far as one of those. Uh, bowl eligible teams that may not make it. Uh, Buffalo didn't make it. Two other teams didn't make it, but they get to. So uh, I hope Arkansas State wins. Yeah. So th- that's your games on Friday or on Saturday, excuse me. Then uh, we we don't have any bowl games on Sunday or Monday. Got some pro football action in there. Then Tuesday, Akron against Florida Atlantic. At the Cherry Bundy Tart Cherry Boca Raton Bowl in Boca Raton. Florida Atlantic who? Uh, and Akron. Yeah, all the points on Florida Atlantic. All. Agree. Uh, I am. I am absolutely in agreement with you. Last year when we did these confidence points and we discussed about it, and I talked about this with you, and you were like, "Oh yeah, I put all the points on that." And then you you fooled me, or maybe that was two years ago. Are you fooling me again here with any of these picks? Uh no. No, okay. I haven't made my picks yet, so uh, no, I'm not the bullshitting you. Uh, when the blacks play the blacks, we go. I went. I told you last year. I put it at one. You did that. I did not. When I looked at the game, I thought there was one team that was a lot better than the other. So I put a lot of points on there. Uh, yeah, Florida Atlantic's at all. Akron's what? Akron six and six. Yeah, uh, the, uh, seven and six. They're not very good, and this is a, much. Do. There's a, it's a home game for Florida Atlantic. The the bowl experience for uh, the student athlete. Oh my God! It's so crap, and you don't want to screw with the bowl experience, as we know from personal experience. Yeah. Uh, Wednesday, Louisiana Tech against SMU in the Frisco Bowl, the DXL Frisco Bowl, Toyota Stadium there in Frisco, Texas. Uh, let's see what I got here. Um, I like SMU, and I have a lot of points on this one as well. Uh, Mid thirties. Who's just SMU and who? Uh, Louisiana Tech. Yep, SMU. 
And we'll, we'll just pick a couple more here. Uh, Temple versus Florida uh, International. The Bad Boy Moore's Gasparilla Bowl oh, at Tropicana bad. Field in St. Petersburg, Florida. That, this this is like, the, I think this is like the first bowl game where it's like, ugh, what an ugly oh. game. Um, I like what, uh, what Butch Davis has done at Florida International this year. For those that didn't know, Butch uh, Davis... Former oh. Cleveland Browns head coach, former what Miami, uh, Florida head coach, yep. uh, former North Carolina head coach. Uh, he's the head coach at Florida International now. Um, so I will take them, and I'm putting this uh, this is the lowest game so far apart from the Celebration Bowl. Confidence level of ten about. Nah, yeah, I don't. Florida Atlantic, I suppose, love my Temple team, but no, it's not Florida. Crappy stadium, crappy field. I enjoyed it when it was the Bitcoin Bowl, more more so than now. Um, yeah, Florida Atlantic. Do you want to pick the Friday Bowl games or no? No. Okay. So those are a look at your early bowl games. Uh, so fun to be had by all. Quick cap- question. Quick question. Yeah. I don't know if you know this. Uh, when the light comes on in your vehicle, it says you need gas. Yes. How much? How much gas do you have left? Mm, 40, I, 20, huh? between 20 to 40 miles, potentially. 20, 20 would make sense. I wish there was a standard with this. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, it, it would make sense. All right, light comes on, you have a gallon left. Or, like you said, you have 20 miles to go. Yep. Because when it goes on, maybe you, know, you maybe hopefully you can get somewhere uh, to get some gas. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, I would... Uh, Somebody with uh, with some uh, lawmaking ability should make that something. You, you would think so. Well, if we need to stop this so you can get uh, can fill up here. No, we'll, we'll get it done. Okay, done. okay. Sounds good. Uh, so, speaking of college football, let's just briefly mention here, Jackrabbits kill New Hampshire 56-14. to uh, Finally, Jake Wenicke goes over 100 yards, uh, had a couple of touchdowns. He could have had three if he didn't drop one. Uh, a, a very easy, um, easy catchable ball, but he did have a rushing touchdown as well. Uh, so three touchdowns in all. SDSU rolls, and they did this without Dallas Goddard, who got injured on the first play. And I thought they were saying during the broadcast that he probably could have gone back in if necessary, but they didn't need him. But they will need him this week when they face JMU in Harrisonburg, which is at 3:30 p.m. Eastern on Saturday on ESPNU. So. Uh, It'll be for the right to take on North Dakota State in Frisco because North Dakota State's going to roll Sam Houston State, uh, which is unfortunate. Um, That's what's going to happen here. And then my greatest fear will happen where SDSU and NDSU play. And should NDSU beat SDSU, I will never be able to live that down. Jackrabbit fans will never be able to live that down against the Bison faithful. Uh, But this should be an interesting uh, couple of semifinal games in the FCS level. I want SDSU to lose so that the Packers don't get the six seed. Okay, <laughs> that you know, if, if that's what it takes, then then so be it. Here, what chance do you give the Jackrabbits of beating JMU? Uh, James Madison, they uh, kind of struggled. Kind of struggled there. Weaver State open for another home game. That would have been nice. So uh, even fewer people. I mean, the, the the more important the games, the fewer the people that show up. So that's great uh, to know. It was it was cold uh, to be fair. What what they have five thousand? No, 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 no. 
5,500, it was over, there was over 5,000, my 5,000, thought it'd be below, it was over, it was the 5,500, I mean, it was 32 degrees, it was average temperatures, I mean, it's December, I mean, the week before was 50, this week was, what, I mean, this was fine, this wasn't Buffalo, sure as hell wasn't Detroit. <laughs> uh, was I was going to say that. Oh, it was Detroit, so, uh, no home game, which is fine, I give them a 40% chance. Forty percent. Okay. I mean, I think that's fair. Really, um, I, I was very surprised by uh, JMU and that Weber State score. You know, that was back and forth, and James Madison almost lost. Uh, but SDSU is rolling right now. Uh, ever since that loss to Northern Iowa on Hobo Day, I don't. I mean, this is the furthest they've ever gotten, and their offense is absolutely killing it right now. So that's going to be a huge test for JMU's defense. Yeah, I mean, Goddard, Goddard's got to be the guy. Winnicky's got to be the guy. I mean, it's their offense, your quarterback. Um, you know, probably going to be a, a high-scoring game if SDSU is in it. So, could be could be exciting. Disappointed it's uh, not on ESPN2 at the very least. There's a Wichita State-Oklahoma game, whatever the hell. Mm-hmm. So, ESPNU is fine. Hopefully they can get there. National championship be very, very good. Yep. It'd be great. Play North Dakota State. We can beat them. They already did. So, um, it would be yeah, great if fan. they played Sam Houston State because then they wouldn't have to face North Dakota yeah. State. That'd be great. But, uh, yeah, semifinals. This is what uh, this is what I've been asking for, hoping for. Do do something. Win some games. And uh, they have won some games. So greatest, greatest season maybe they'll ever have. And uh, make it count because you don't know if you're ever going to get back. And uh, Dallas Goddard has been uh, invited to the Senior Bowl, so that's great. I mean, he is, according to Todd McShay, the number one tight end in the NFL draft, potential late first-round pick. That would be great to see. Uh, also, uh, Jake Wenicky and let's see, that there's an offensive lineman who are they're going to go to the East-West Shrine Bowl. So I guess uh, Wenicky, unfortunately, will not go to the Senior Bowl, potentially, unless he get does get invited after that. I'm not sure. But uh, Jacob Onisorgi, or I, I just butchered his name. I apologize. Uh, he's from Wanakee, Wisconsin, but uh, offensive lineman, what, the center? So he and Jake Wanakee both going to the East-West Shrine game next month in St. In Petersburg, Florida. So they get to play on the Trop campus. That's great. God, go somewhere else. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Move the Marlins somewhere. Move the uh, move the Rays somewhere. Move the Florida uh, Panthers well, somewhere. Uh, Yager needs a place. Where's Yager playing these days? Uh, Calgary, Calgary, I believe. Goddamn. Uh, Miami, Miami sports, Florida sports suck. Move them all out. Of there. They're just just a goddamn disgrace. And uh, Atlanta sports suck too. But Atlanta and go to hell as well. Speaking of the Marlins, though. Huge totally. baseball yeah. trade. Huge baseball trade. Uh, Giancarlo uh, Stanton nixed deals to St. Louis and San Francisco. So baseball's best fans, but they were not happy about it. But uh, when a deal came to go into New York, he said, yes, sir, sign me up for that. And uh, Stanton is now a New York Yankee. The Yankees absorb over $260 million, I believe, of his remaining contract. Then they send uh, Starling Castro the second baseman, he's a pretty damn good player. Shortstop. And a shortstop? Oh, excuse me. 
Um, so they send him to Miami and a couple of low minor leaguers. Uh, so New York does not give up much for a player that I think is just going to playing in Yankee Stadium. You know how many bombs he's going to send out there. Uh, this is starting to become the Evil Empire 2.0, wouldn't you say? Add to the bullshit trade, Jack. Those are the bullshit trade. What is Derek Jeter doing? Is he is he helping his old team out by just making his you know this new team that he's part ownership of even ter- more terrible? Derek Jeter, he sucks. I don't know how much of an ownership he has, but he's like I don't know GM or president of baseball operations or whatever the hell you want to call it. But uh, not good. Um, not good. Yankees didn't get up give up a goddamn thing here. Um, let me get this. All right. Stolen Castro, he'll never play a game for Miami, I don't believe. So. Why do you say that? I think they're going to trade him. Okay. They, they, they already traded D. Gordon to um, to Seattle. Seattle. I mean, what the hell are they doing? This this seemed like a team that wasn't that far off a couple of years ago. And, of course, yes, well, the... Well, they weren't far off last year. What, they won 78 games, 77 yeah. games? They were not far off. Um, new ownership took over again, and they don't want to pay all of this money. So they get rid of Stantonson and, and his $300 million. Um, this is terrible. I mean, the Marlins, I'm done with you. You've kind of been, you know, gay, go Marlins, but go to hell. Jeter and this fucking fool, oh, this is terrible. A uh, couple minor leaguers, eh, they might be good, but they were not high in the Yankee system. Doesn't mean they can't be good, but uh, uh, this 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 was an NBA trade. I don't know if it was Chris Paul-like trade. Um, but usually baseball trades are pretty even. Yeah, th- this is not. This is not by no, any this, stretch. This is this is a salary dump. This is a, the old NBA salary dump. Except that uh, there's no salary cap in baseball, which is the funny thing. Well, there there is a luxury tax. You got to stay under the thing, or you pay a tax. And the Yankees are um, around there, so uh, this perhaps this hinders their uh, free agency next year. I mean, what the hell do you do with Stanton, Judge, and Bryce Harper? Yep, um, you, you can't do it. You, you can't get. Uh, you can't bring Harper in along with Stanton. I don't think that's possible. I mean, that's a lot of money there. You can maybe put Harper at center field if you have to do it. Um, Judge and Stanton have never played a major league game that wasn't in right field, so one of them's going to have to go to left. Uh, probably Manny Machado next year at third base would make more sense, and he's going to you know, get well over $200 million. As long as he plays well this year, are they gonna have a so, billion dollars in like just uh, well, yeah. the outfield yeah. and in the and the infield here? Basically, yeah, you got three hundred million with Stanton. You're gonna have at least uh, two hundred million with Machado. So that's uh, half a billion. So that's a lot of money. And uh, the best part is Judge is gonna make probably a million. So that's great for him. Um, and they're gonna continue to add. So. I, I, most, th- people enjoy, most people enjoyed when the Yankees weren't beating the shit out of everybody. So they yeah. were uh, they were merely an 85-win team instead of a 100-win team. Are, I mean, are they better than the Astros at this point? Well, I will see what the Astros are maybe going after you, Darvish. So we will see what happens. Um, you know, I know... One home runs, the over-under right now, over-under right now I saw it as 104 between the two. I would take the under. 
Okay. Um, I don't think Judge will ever hit more home runs than he did this year. What did he hit, 50? Yes. And Stanton hits 59. I don't think he'll ever hit more than 59 ever again. So there's going to be a lot of excitement as well as there should be. Um, Stanton's got some injury history. Um, I mean, last year he stayed healthy and we saw what happened. So I would say, obviously, they're going to be the favorite for the World Series. But as far as home runs, I mean, are both hitting 50? Probably not. And the thing about it is, you know, you talked about, you know, short porch and left, Stanton, home runs. Like, all of his home runs are home runs anywhere, anyway. So, I'm sure it, it might help a little bit, but I would say ultimately... I mean, I don't think he's at 59 again, maybe like 45. A, a pop-up, but, though, to, you know, shallow well, right yeah, was, in, uh, in Marlins yeah. Park is going to be a home run in Yankee yep. Stadium. Yeah, we saw a lot of bullshit home runs this playoffs. So, I mean, it, you would think it would help, and it, it might, but again, I just can't see him hitting 59 home runs again. So, we'll see if they, we'll see if they threaten 50, but uh, they're not done. They're not done. The hot stove is going to get hot as hell this week. So. Well, it, it certainly caught the, our hot stove a uh, little off guard here. We, we didn't. We did. We were just having a nice low oh. simmer. We were just trying to keep things warm, and all of a sudden, boom! Sparks flying everywhere. We, I mean, we 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 luckily contained the the fire. We contained the flames. We got it back under control. But certainly, that was an explosion that our that the stove was not ready for. That that we were not expecting. Um, even though I mean, we were prepared, you know, for something maybe the the St. Louis or San Francisco, but but not 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 to uh, not to New York, not like that, not for what was in return. And then well, this well is I, I assume the hot stove is responsible for the California wildfires. Well, we're not in California though, but I suppose the the ambers and ashes could have uh, could have traveled from the explosion okay. over there. Likely did. Likely did. Yeah, I mean, we're not. We had some snow. It didn't. It didn't, uh, of course, help out completely all the way there. Then you have Otani, this uh, Japanese pitcher, designated hitter. I mean, he's the Babe Ruth of the you know of Japan, essentially, and he chooses the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, California, Orange County, United States, Milky Way Galaxy. Um, what the? I mean. I, I don't get this. He joins the manager I despise the most, and Mike Sosha, who uh, continues to do a job or have a job for doing nothing here for the better part of a decade or more. Fifteen? What are we going on? Twelve, fifteen years with this with this guy? Um, Seventeen. Seventeen. Good lord. Um, why? Why the Angels? Is it to play just to play with Mike Trout? Uh, is this so? Because he's in L.A. So it's it's a big market, uh, it's a you know large Asian population, but he's not the center stage. I mean the the Dodgers are li- by far and away the more popular team uh, in there. So I mean, is it is he getting the best of both worlds here? Kind of laying low, but still uh, getting yeah. that exposure to the LA market and the and that the, the large population there. Yeah, a little bit. Doesn't appear this guy wants to be the center of attention. And that's fine. He wants. Yeah, which is fine. Um, very disappointed when he went to the Angels. There's probably two teams I give no shits about, and that'd be the Angels and the Braves. I hear MLB TV during the year, and I don't watch those teams often at all. 
So, I mean, Angels need some pitchers, so it's good for them. But I want to see. I mean, I mean, yeah, we all hate Sosha. He sucks. So he does. Honestly, if he can be forward thinking with a player like this, well, the, um, apparently the Angels want to use him both as a pitcher and a DH, which is good. I believe, uh, yeah, he. I believe he will do that. Uh, if you want to show me something, here's what I want to see. The days in which he pitches, I also want to see him hit. That means um, you uh, you don't have to have a DH then, mm-hmm. but um, you should. You should DH for your worst fielder. I I bet he will hit when he pitches. I do not know if Mike Sosha has the balls to DH for a position player. At any like, do you think he will be a DH though on days where he won't pitch? And I mean, like, will he will he do that frequently? I'm gonna put it four hundred at bats. Okay, is what I'm guessing. I think uh, he'll be a DH two, three times a week. I would, I would guess, and I would hope if he's as good as they say he is, I mean, he's got to be in the lineup. So, to uh, me, when I think of what the, and I've never seen him. You know, play before, uh, so I'm gonna do a a apples to oranges comparison, so to speak here. But I kind of feel like this is a Madison Bumgarner situation here, where I believe no. Bumgarner is a better pitcher than what Otani will be, and Otani's a better hitter than what Bumgarner is. But we've seen Bumgarner in su- uh, a couple of situations. I be- recall the last couple of years where he has, you know, DH before. He can hit home runs. He's a very good hitter for a pitcher. So I, I'm not I'm not trying to compare the two, but I could see it kind of in, in reverse if you if you get what I'm saying. Better hitter than Bumgarner, yes. I think I mean I think he'd be a pretty good pitcher. I mean he can throw a hundred. He's twenty three years old. I mean he's got a lot of value. He's got a lot of value, obviously. Um, I want to see what his war will be if he can throw 150, 180 innings, and also back like 250 or 260. How about the Korean but, War or uh, the War of eighteen twelve? Forgotten War, Stack. No, he's the Forgotten War. It really is. Um, so I, I, I want to see what uh, what his value is at the end of the year. Uh, I like to play fantasy baseball. How the fuck are they going to do? Uh, how? How, how how do they? Uh, I mean, I, I don't how? know that. That's for you to. Uh, how? I, I, I don't your know. Pitchers and hitters. Your pitchers get points for pitching. Your hitters get hits. Get points for hitting. This guy does both. I want to see what the hell they come up with here. That is going to be fascinating. I I, I don't know. Okay. I really don't. It'd be like the it'd be like the linebacker that plays quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> Or right. something like that. Or safety, yeah. <laughs> or, your or a kicker. Plays, you know, you got, yeah, uh, yeah, it could be a kicker that also plays quarterback. Well, do you kind of use him as both? Yeah. That's awfully, awfully intriguing. So you have that going on. We'll keep track of the wood stove, the winter meetings, and everything. Oh, uh, Anything else we got before we say so long? Forgot this last week. Tiger Woods played golf. He played fine. He played very well, yes. 
so uh, that's exciting. Didn't he jump up like 400 spots in the world rankings? Did he? Oh, shit. Yeah, he hasn't played in 10, 11 months. Because he was ranked like 1,000th uh, or 1,100th something in the world, and I thought he jumped uh, pretty significantly. Probably did. Probably did. So that's exciting. He's already, you know, climbing up the board for the Masters, which is... Uh, I mean, he sounds confident that, you know, just... He can be injury-free. That's the big deal. So. Is this? Is, hopefully, this is not fake confidence here. No, he like he like even after the first round, he's like, "Yep, I'm back. Let's go." So if you can get this guy going again, because as, as as we have said many times, golf. Not many folks care about the golf right now. So no, even though there are emerging stars, uh, sure. the the uh, Jordan Spieth, the Justin Thomases, the the Rory McIlroys, but. Uh, but yeah, Tiger Woods would uh, definitely change all of that. Um, Tiger Woods and LeBron James. Who who do you got? Um, I would say Tiger, and the reason why I I would say that because I'm looking at more like transcending uh, the sport and getting people to watch. And while LeBron James's great basketball had had a great following with Michael Jordan, and Tiger Woods made people who didn't care about golf at all tune in to watch every tournament he was in, especially every major. Um, I, I don't believe LeBron James has that power to necessarily bring you to watch the NBA Finals, the NBA playoffs, anything like that. So I would take Tiger Woods. Yeah, I would probably would as well. As far as dominance, only guy I could ever, on an individual basis, would be Federer. I mean, Federer had a stretch where he made, like, the semifinals in, like, 30 of 34 tournaments or just 28 of 30 tournaments, uh, Grand Slams, over a five, six-year period, which is ridiculous. So, yeah. I mean, Tiger Woods at 40 years old, that would be uh, that would be great. I mean, he's why I watched golf. He's probably why you got into golf, perhaps, mm-hmm. uh, many years ago. So, it'd be a hell of a lot of fun. I thought he'd be done, but uh, hopefully he can do something. Yes. Uh, speaking of done, we'll be done here for probably a couple weeks. We'll have another podcast, though, before the end of the year, so we can recap bowl season, the hot stove, uh Preview, you know, the, the the college football playoff. We'll have you know, the Vikings. Will have a two seed by that point. Plenty to get to here. Plus, I'm sure I'll have plenty of uh, of, of stories regarding Baby Stacking by that point. Baby Stacking, hope Baby Stacking's a huge baseball fan. Uh, plenty of hot stove. Plenty of good stuff. Fairly old Stiglmeyer. Yes. Did you read Zimmer's article on Stiglmeyer? Uh, when when was uh, when was this article? Today or? couple weeks ago, maybe last, last week. I, I did not read it, no. Uh, very good. I will send you this. This is an outstanding piece of uh, piece of literature by Matt Zimmer. Very good story on our coach, Luke Tigelmeyer. Tigelmeyer says Goddard is doubtful, so we'll see how that uh, how that works. That would suck. That that would suck. You know what we need to we need to get a story on here too. Um, is a uh, Chase Vinatieri and Adam Vinatieri in that relationship? Uncle and nephew? Yes. And just because uh, I think with the way Chase has kicked this year, uh, I I think we're looking at the potential of seeing another Vinatieri in the pros or at least get a chance. I think he's going to be a kicker that uh, will definitely get a look here in the next couple of years. 
His last name can't hurt. No, and I think that's one of the reasons why he would probably get it. But. I hope he does. That'd be great. I mean, we'll look at this team, and I uh, you know Goddard could be uh, could be very good. Um, hopefully, Winnicky gets drafted. You yep. got that lineman, and uh, hopefully, you know, we'll look back. Christian, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what the quarterback does next year. But hopefully, this is a team we look back on, and maybe they got maybe they have four or five NFL guys. You know, I was. I was thinking about this a couple of weeks ago, and it while it sucks that Jake hasn't had the year that we're so accustomed to seeing from him, the mere fact that now you're getting it, you 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 know who guys like Kay Johnson are and and, and Lewis, and, and they have a lot of guys that have made catches throughout the year that I think it'll only help next year with Goddard and Wenicky gone. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, certainly the production level will drop, um, and, and we know that. But it it helps that these guys are getting the reps, getting some big catches, some touchdowns throughout the year. I think it'll help make next year go a little easier. And I think Taron Christian is going to get some looks. Uh, by the, I, I would not be surprised if he gets drafted. You know, fifth or sixth round next year. That's that's where I'll put it at right now. I don't think you get drafted, but uh, you know we'll see. Running backs, they got a few running backs, so maybe they. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's going to be on him next year. Yeah, that one uh, freshman receiver looks to be good. So, I mean, Winnicky kind of came out of nowhere. So, somebody, somebody may do something. Yes, and uh, hopefully we'll be talking about SDSU going to Frisco, but uh, it's going to be difficult to say the least. That's for sure. Travis, I thank you for, as always, for the time, and uh, we'll be chatting soon, I know for sure, my friend. Thank you. Uh, Jack Morris is in the Hall of Fame. It's a bunch of bullshit, so we'll talk about it next time. Yeah, uh, as a tiger or a twin? Sounds as like a as tiger, a tiger. He's, he's not in the Hall of Fame picture. So. Hall of Fame performance in Game 7. Great. Great. One game. Yeah, uh, one game did it all. One game and go to hell. Jack Morris, not Hall of Famer. Um, so we yeah we gotta get those names see pretty goddamn quick here because uh, within within any moment we could have a kid. Yes, we could. <laughs> Thank you, my friend. We'll talk to you later. Alrighty, we'll see you later. Travis Crin's Sports Block Podcast. Again, this is a surprise uh, podcast. We didn't expect it. We were hoping that the kid would come. Um, Kelsey and I did, and just nothing yet as of the recording of this podcast. By the time all of you hear this, though, I'm sure that will change. We'll recap week 14 in the NFL, make some NFL uh, uh, week 15 picks here, and wrap up this week's edition of the Sports Block podcast here. The last one for a couple weeks. We will have at least one more before the end of the year, maybe two. It'll be shorter. We're going to do it shorter here going year forward. But, um, yeah, that's coming up next here. Sports Block Podcast. Well, not SDSU Jackrabbit Edition. Just Sports Block Podcast. Sports Block Podcast, now available on iTunes. All right, we we wrap up this shorter edition of the Sports Block Podcast for this week. Though it was a little longer than I thought. But, anyway, let's uh, wrap it up with the look back at week 14 in the NFL. Make some picks for week 15. 
Uh, let's start out Thursday night. Atlanta Falcons, New Orleans Saints. Big battle in the NFC South. Neither Matt Ryan or Drew Brees played very well. Alvin Kamara or Kamara got knocked out early. The Saints rookie running back. Phenom. The Saints had a lot of injuries. and But overall, the Falcons hang on to win 20-17. to Crucial for them in their playoff hopes. And now they sit just a game back of the Saints in the NFC South. We, we talked about the great snow game in Buffalo. It was absolutely tremendous. 13-7 Buffalo beats Indianapolis. Uh, absolutely phenomenal. Uh, can't get enough of it. As discussed with Travis in, in Great detail, the Panthers take down the Vikings 31-24. Case Keenum, three turnovers, two interceptions, and a fumble. Uh, The defense didn't play great. Jonathan Stewart, first 100-yard rusher against the Vikings this season. Uh, He had 103 yards and three touchdowns. Panthers win 31-24. Bears down the Bengals 33-7. This was not... Uh, a great showing by the Bengals. It looks like Marvin Lewis may he's as good as gone in my book, uh, and I think in the, the minds of many as well. Uh, after a close loss to the Steelers, physical battle to, to come out and play like that, no excuse. They absolutely got shellacked. Green Bay beats Cleveland 27-21. Oh, Browns, why? Why had a 21-7 lead in the fourth quarter? You could have helped the Vikings out. Damn it, Cleveland! Ugh. Browns are still winless, 0-13. 49ers beat the Texans 26-16. Uh, as we discussed, too, Tom Savage, concussion. Uh, yet he somehow got to go back in for a little bit, and then eventually TJ Yates took over. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, 2-0 as a starter for the 49ers. They win 26-16. Kansas City was supposed to play the Oakland Raiders. The Raiders chose not to show up. The Chiefs... Thoroughly dominate the Raiders in the first half. Derek Carr had 32 yards passing at halftime. Chiefs roll 26-15. to Tied with the Chargers now for first in the AFC West. Oh, by the way, those two play against one another this Saturday. We'll get to that here momentarily. Detroit takes down Tampa Bay 24-21. They squandered a 21-7 lead, but late catch I think by Kenny Galladay. Set a, a Matt Prater field goal, and the Lions win 24-21. Dallas beats the Giants 30-10, so still the offensive issues despite Eli Manning starting in this one for the Giants. Uh, just not good overall. Steve Spagnuolo couldn't get much going. Here we'll see if they can take down the Eagles this week, though I don't think that's necessarily going to happen. Cardinals beat the Titans 12-7. Marcus Mariota got injured in this one. He did play throughout, but a sprained knee probably was the reason why he was so it's a dismal stats and the Titans lose a game that they most likely shouldn't have or can't if if they want to win the NFC or the AFC South, excuse me. The Jets uh apparently they didn't want to show us anything. They get shut out by the Denver Broncos who had lost 8 in a row prior to that game against the Jets. They win 23 to nothing. The Chargers are rolling. They take down Washington 30-13, and it would have been worse had uh, Rashad Breland, I believe, not picked off. Uh, was it Kellen Clemens? It was the the Chargers' backup quarterback. Phillip Rivers wasn't in at the time. It was late in the fourth quarter. Chargers are rolling right now. They've traveled to Kansas City this week. Big, big game on the docket this week. Uh, the Jaguars take down the Seahawks 30-24. to Huge win for Jacksonville. Uh, this was a bad loss for Seattle. And unfortunately, the game was marred by what took place in the stands. Um, 
you know, with uh, with beverages, the cups being thrown at players. This, you know, Michael Bennett. This whole thing, not good, not good at all. Uh, Pete Carroll, Seahawks head coach, for um, you know, from his side, um, said that there's no excuse for the Seahawks' behavior, but certainly not a good look at all. Those four fans. Uh, or those fans who threw beverages have been banned, and that is the right call. Eagles win 43-35 over the Rams. Very entertaining game, but a win is a loss in this one for the Eagles, who have lost Carson Wentz for the year, torn ACL, suffered in, I believe, the what, third quarter there. Uh, so Nick Foles, it's his job here going forward. The Rams, that is a crucial loss. You can't lose that game. And now, I mean, the, the Seahawks come into town here. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Actually, the Seahawks, you have to go to Seattle, excuse me. Uh, that's going to decide who wins the NFC West. I am guaranteeing Seattle will be ready, even though they might be without a couple of defensive players. And then Pittsburgh over Baltimore, 39-38. Classic AFC North game. This was, except it was far more high scoring. Tons of points, back and forth. Steelers, I mean, Big Ben throws for over 500 yards. First quarterback in NFL history with three 500-plus yard passing games. Antonio Brown, 200 plus yards receiving. He's great. Um, no other way around it. And then the, uh, yeah, they win 39 38. Playing for Ryan Shazier, who, um, many of you know, injured in that Bengals game. Seriously injured. Uh, had some spinal surgery. So they were playing for him. That's for sure. And then the New England Patriots lay an egg in Miami. 27 to 20. Jay Cutler beats the Patriots for the first time in his career. The Patriots are now one and four in their last five games in Miami. Uh, something's going on down there in South Beach for the Patriots. It's uh, it's baffling to say the least. But the Dolphins get the win, 27 to 20, and that could affect who you know. Can the Patriots get home field advantage throughout the entire AFC? Well, they're going to have to beat Pittsburgh this week, and that is not a given at all. As we take a look at the Week 15 schedule, it begins Thursday night, uh, Denver Broncos at the Indianapolis Colts, 8.25 p.m. Eastern, 7.25 p.m. Central Time, NBC, NFL Network, streaming live on Amazon Prime. Uh, This is awful. Uh, What a terrible game. Uh, I guess we'll go the Colts, even though the Broncos just picked up a win. Yeah, let's go Indianapolis. Go Colts. Saturday, we have two games on the NFL Network. First at 4.30 Eastern, 3.30 p.m. Central Time on the NFL Network. You know, mix in a little pro football with the college bowl games going on. Chicago Bears at the Detroit Lions. Lions fighting for their playoff lives. I will take them. And then 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Central Time on the NFL Network. It's the Chadges at Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. The Chiefs seem to be getting their offensive mojo back. Chargers. They're playing really well right now, though. I will take the Chargers over the Chiefs. Then on Sunday, 1 p.m. Eastern noon Central Time on Fox. Why is this game on Fox? I don't know. Uh, what? The Houston Texans at the Jacksonville Jaguars. These cross-scheduling games baffle me. Uh, I will take the Jaguars, though, to pummel the Texans. Baltimore Ravens at the Cleveland Browns, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on CBS. This is the last home game for the Browns this year. Can they get a win? They got a win in their last home game last year. It was against the Chargers. 
I don't think that'll happen here. I'm going to take Baltimore for the win. Green Bay at Carolina, 1 p.m. Eastern noon Central Time on Fox. Hey, Carolina, shut down Aaron Rodgers. Make me a believer. Help out, help out uh, Vikings fans everywhere. I'm going to go with the Packers, though. I hope that prove me wrong, Carolina. Prove me wrong. Miami Dolphins at the Buffalo Bills, 1 p.m. Eastern noon Central Time on CBS. Buffalo after that snow game, that was nice. Tyrod Taylor, he comes back and plays. I think he will. I'll take the Bills over the Dolphins in this one. Cincinnati Bengals at the Minnesota Vikings, 1 p.m. Eastern noon Central Time on CBS. After that pitiful performance by the Bengals last week, I'm going to take the Vikings for a bounce back win. Hopefully, the offensive line is okay for the Vikings. That is critical. And then uh, Arizona at Washington, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on Fox. This is a little more difficult than you might think, but uh, Arizona struggles in these early kickoff games, so I will take Washington. The Philadelphia Eagles at the New York Giants, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on Fox. I'm smelling a semi-upset here with the Giants potentially taking down the Eagles. First game without Carson Wentz in full. Nick Foles, what's he got? Uh, I I think the Eagles will pull this one out regardless. They're going to win. The New York Jets at the New Orleans Saints, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on CBS. Uh, Josh McCown broke his hand against Denver. He's out for the year. That means Bryce Petty's the starter. I don't like those odds for the Jets. Give me the Saints to roll in this one. Los Angeles Rams at the Seattle Seahawks, 4.05 p.m. Eastern, 3.05 p.m. Central Time on Fox. Huge game. Seattle banged up on the defensive side. The Rams' offense is rolling, but in Seattle there, I'm going to take the Seahawks to get the win over the Rams. Uh, Don't fail me now, Seattle. Don't fail me now. Tennessee Titans at the San Francisco 49ers, 4.25 p.m. Eastern, 3.25 p.m. Central Time on CBS. If Marcus Mariota can't play, or if he's he's only 60%, I'm taking Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers. If Mariota is, like, 80 to 90 percent. I think the Titans have enough to take down the 49ers with a steady run game, uh, but that th- this is a must-win for Tennessee. That's for sure. New England Patriots at the Pittsburgh Steelers, 4:25 p.m. Eastern, 3:25 p.m. Central Time on CBS. Hey, the Patriots laid an egg in Miami. Maybe they were looking ahead to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's defense was terrible against Baltimore. New England will exploit that, especially with Gronk back. I will take the Patriots narrowly over the Steelers. Dallas Cowboys at the Oakland Raiders, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Central Time on NBC. Let's go with the Raiders at home. Desperate team here. Dallas is desperate, too, to get to the playoffs, but I'll take Oakland for the win. And then Monday Night Football, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. The Atlanta Falcons at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Atlanta has everything to play for. Tampa Bay does not. Jameis Winston, multiple turnovers in this one. I'll take the Falcons. And those are a look at your Week 15 early picks or preview and predictions. The official preview and predictions will be in the stack. That's stackattack.sportsblog.com on our normal Football Friday post. If we have a Football Friday post this week, baby stack and come in any time now. So highly unlike, I, I don't, we won't be doing a podcast next week. We just won't. We will try and get one a little after Christmas here. Brief one to talk some bowl games and, and some more NFL. So that'll be good. So definitely stick around for that. Appreciate you, as always, for listening here. You can find us on iTunes. Just search the sports block uh, on iTunes. Otherwise, follow me on Twitter, at NDStacken. Otherwise, on Facebook, Nathan Stacken. Have a, a link to, these, to this podcast posted later in the week, or middle later part of the week as normal. But uh, thank you for listening. 
We'll be back in a couple of weeks, I would imagine. Stay tuned on Twitter and Facebook. We'll have plenty of information there for you. So for Travis, I'm Nathan. Thank you so much for listening to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. If I don't talk to you before then, have a very Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and we'll be back, to, I'm sure, with some baby stories, college football, and NFL talk. Plenty to get into here, plus college basketball as well. So much to get into and more. Uh, So thank you for listening to this week, and we'll talk again soon here. It's Sports Block Podcast.